Shalom Ubracha, we are up to Yuma Daf Ayin. And we're going to take apart the Mishnah that we had yesterday, at the beginning of the parak. We mentioned that the Kayan Gadol would read Ach of Ramos, and then he would read Ach Ba'asr. But Ach Ba'asr is in Parshas Emmer, and he wouldn't read everything in between. So the Gemara asks, how are you allowed to just skip around in the Torah? We have a Gemara in Soita and Megillah, it says you're not allowed to skip. So the Gemara answers that in the olden days, you used to have someone who would translate the Torah so that everyone would be able to understand what was being read. Now, if while the Metorgamon was translating, the Kain Gadla was, or the Balkari was able to skip during that time, if it was that quick, then he was allowed to. But if it would take longer, then everyone would just be sitting around like, what's going on? That long, you should not skip. Yeah, but we learned that in Navi, you're not allowed to skip. In Navi, you are allowed to skip, but not in the Torah. During Navi, you're allowed to skip, however long it takes for the, metag- the metagamon to finish. But by Torah, it seems like even that short amount of time, you're not allowed to skip. From Acharemos to Emar, it's you know, three parishes that, that doesn't take too long. Abai says, you are allowed to skip when it's one Indian. And they're both talking about the Kabbanas, so that you're allowed to do. They're all... It's all Yom Kippur stuff. And we have a Brisa that, that uh, backs that up. It says in the Torah, you're allowed to skip from one Inyan Yon Navi. You're allowed to skip two Inyan as long as it doesn't take so long. And Shreyasa, you're allowed to skip ahead, but not backwards into another Sefer. Now, why would the Sefer, the, the Kohen Gadol make an announcement saying, by the way, there's more written here than what I'm reading. That announcement was so that people wouldn't think that that Parsha that he was about to read Balpeh, the Parsha of Musaf, wasn't in that Sefer Torah. Why did he read it, Balpeh? Why not just roll to the parsha of Musaf? Because of the Kavarat Sibor, Rav Huna of Yeshua says, we're not going to start rolling the Sefer Torah while everyone's waiting. Okay, so bring another Sefer Torah. Two reasons not to bring another Sefer Torah. Rav Huna Yehuda says, people may think that the first one had a pagam, had a, a flaw in it. Rish Lakish says, well, he would, ha- he would have to make a second bracha on the second Sefer Torah unnecessarily. Rav Yitzchak says, uh, do you really think that it's going to be a concern that people are going to think that the first Sefer Torah had something wrong with it? On, Sh- on Rish Chodesh, Shabbos, Hanukkah, we bring out three separate Sefer Torah, and we don't have any problems of people suspecting that one of the Sefer Torah, the, the first two were problematic. But over there, the reason why you're allowed to have many Sefer Torah is because there are many people getting alias. But over here, the King Gadol is reading the whole thing himself. For him to take out a second Sefer Torah for his aliyah, might raise eyebrows. Then he says eight different brachas on Torah, just like they make brachas on Torah in Shul. Al Avoda, on Hoida, on Mechilas Avoin, on the base of Mikdash, on the Kahanim, on Klal Yisrael, and then on the rest of Tefillah. So the Gemara says, What's the rest of Tefillah? He has his Tefillah that says, Rina, Trina, Bakoshem, Lefanecho, Al Amcha Yisrael, Shetzrichen, Hoeshia, Vachoyseim. And then he ends off that Tefillah with Shemea Tefillah, the same one we have in Shemakalenu. Then everyone else in Klaiserol would pull out their own Sefer Torah that they had brought before Yom Kippur, and they read it to show the beauty of the Sefer Torah and their, their love for it. It was an incredible scene. And the Gemara says that someone who sees the Kain Gadol leaning was not able to see the other Avoida. Why not? Oh, because it's very far away. But really, there wouldn't be no issue. What, what would be the issue of 
going from the Kohen Gadol's leaning to see the Avoid is done outside, I would think that you're being part of Beroiv Am Hajas Melech. By having a big crowd there, it makes it a greater display of covered to the to Hashem. So Kamash Malan, we see from here that there's no problem of Ein Ma'avirin Ala Mitzvah, of leaving a crowd, which may diminish the Beroiv Am Hajas Melech. Now we have a new Mishnah that tells us the final steps of the Yom Kippur process. We finally reached here. If the Kohen Gadol had been reading in linen clothing, then he does a kiddush out of Raglav, he washes his hands and feet, he gets undressed, he goes to the mikvah, dries off and puts on the golden begadim. Then he is makriv, his ram, the ram of Klal Yisrael, and then the seven sheeps. Berbi Akiva learns a little differently. He learns that these karbanos were brought with the tomid shell shachar. And we're going to figure out exactly where he puts the power and the oila, the, the, the power of the Kohen Gadol. And then there's another se'ir. So the Musafin actually end up containing ten different karbanas, which is called the karban Musaf. Now, Rekiva says the rest were brought at night with the Tomit Shalbein Harbarim. The Gemara is going to expand on this. He would wash his hands again, hands and feet, go to the mikvah again, dry off. He would put on the white begadim. Again, wash his hands and feet. He would go into the Kaddish Kedashim and retrieve the pan of Kataris and the spoon. Again, wash his hands and feet. Go to the mikvah. He would put on the golden begadim. Wash again. Then he would bring in the Kataris Shalben Harabayim and light the Neris. Set up the Neris. Wash again. Then they would bring him his personal clothing and they would walk him home. And he would make a big suda for all the people who loved him, for all of his friends and family, celebrating that he made it out alive. And the Gemara asks, according to Rabbi Akiva, the, the par that was a carbonyla, was that brought with the Talmud Shal Shachar or the Talmud Shal Ben Arabayim? It's unclear from his Lashon. Furthermore, we have to clarify, according to Rabbi Eliezer, he doesn't say when the par is supposed to be brought. And according to both of them, our Mishnah is supposed to wrap up the entire Avoida. When do they bring the Emure of the Chatos? Right, we learned before that they would put it into a Kli. So when do they do that with the carbon Chatos? So Rava comes in and explains. We have a Mishnah, a Brisa that clarifies Rav Eliezer, and a Tesefta that clarifies Rav Akiva. According to Rav Eliezer, the Karen Gogol came out, brought the two aisles, the two rams, and the Murechatas, but the par and the seven sheep, and the last seir, the last ram, that was brought later with the Talmud Shalbein Harbayim. Rabbi Kiva is explaining the Tesefta, which says that according to Rabbi Kiva, the par and the seven sheep were brought with the Talmud Shal Shachar. He has a pasuk. Then he would bring the seir, the last ram the last uh, A's, the last sheep, and then his single ram, and the ram of Klai Yisrael, followed by the Murechatas, followed by the Tamit Shabbat Harbaim. So we have the difference between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Yezer holds that the Musaf is part of the Tamit Shabbat Harbaim, and the Seir is part of the Musaf. Rabbi Kiva holds that Musaf is part of Tamit Shabbat Shachris, 
and that seir is not part of the most of it's a separate avoid that brought afterwards. Rabbi Eliezer says a very logical reason for his order. He's going according to the psukim. First, you go through the seder that was written by Yekra, and then the seder that was written by Bidmer. Rabbi Akiva, he has a pasuk that says Milvad oilas habiker asher oilas That tells me that the musaf is brought with the tamid shel shachar. Rabbi Eliezer says that that pasuk is only telling me that what the musaf is mechaper, the tamid shel shachar is also mechaper. And there's a a Mishnah in Shavuos that goes through that statement. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Akiva that these seven sheep that were brought were divided up. One was brought with the carbon shal shachar and six were brought in the Tomit shal ben Arbayim. Rabbi Yehuda Shimon says in the name of Rabbi Akiva differently that six were brought in the morning and only one brought with the Tomit shal ben Arbayim. What's the reason for their divisions? Well, there's two psukim. It says milavad oilas habayker and it also says viyotza so we know that he's bringing in the morning and at night. The question is, how is it divided? Rabbi Yehuda understands, do one in the morning. Save the most of these the seirim for at night, because the kain gadol is tired. So only make him do one in the morning. Rabbi Shimon says, once you're doing one, do rave of them. Do every one that you can. We have to divide it up, so save one for later. But do six in the morning as soon as you... Engage in the Karbanas. Are you worried he might uh, slack off by the end of the day? When you're talking about the Avoidah of Yom HaKippurim, he's going to be a Zariz. Now the Gemara finishes up and says, but according to everybody, there's only going to be one Ram. According to Rabbi Kiva, according to Rabbi Eliezer, who says only one Ram? That's like Rebbe. We had a Machlekas in a So Rebbe says that there's only one Ram because the Pasuk says... Echod. Rabbi Eliezer argues with him and says that there are actually two rams brought. There's one Lashon Echod in Vayikra and there's another Echod written in Bamidbar. Rabbi Eliezer says that when it says Echod, it doesn't mean one. It means the best. But you should bring two that are the best. Rabbi learns that out from Mimivchar Nidorecho. Rabbi Eliezer says that's for a, a neder when someone volunteers a carbon, it should be the best. But who says a carbon seaboard has to be the best? That he learns from Yochid, from Echod. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.